enjoy the show. Beaming at you from the depths of the internet. This is the Temple of Geek Podcast, your one stop for all things geek. Welcome to the Temple of Geek Podcast. My name is Monica. I will be your host tonight as we talk about Doctor Who Season 11. With me today is fellow blogger, designer, and geek girl, Taylor of Logan Art. Is it Art or Arch? Did I say that right? Arch, but that's close. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, Taylor. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I am Taylor Dethridge, and I run a company that is a nerdy accessories, uh, apparel, stickers, you name it, we make it sort of nerdy design company called Logan Arch. And I also am a um, social media manager and event planner for a company called Alien Entertainment. We're a store in Chicagoland area and a convention called Chicago TARDIS, which is the second largest Doctor Who convention in the country and biggest in the Midwest. And I really hope to go to Chicago TARDIS one day because it sounds amazing. I would love to have you there. It is a great time. That's so cool. How did you even get started with Chicago TARDIS? So I actually used to be an attendee. This is a very funny story, just sort of like small world. I used to be an attendee at Chicago TARDIS. My first one was in 2008, and I enjoyed myself so much. That's one of the first places I ever cosplayed, things like that. And when I, I used to be in social work, that was my first career before I did this. And a friend of mine knew I wanted to get out of that. And he said, Hey, I have this opportunity for you. I know you're a huge nerd. I know you love Dr. Who. Uh, there's a company that needs, you know, someone, uh, to do social media, you know, event planning. I was doing a little bit of event planning before. Uh, it's called Alien Entertainments in the in the suburbs. I was living in Chicago proper, and as I still do. And they are the company, the company I work for, that runs Chicago TARDIS. So, uh, oh, I didn't know that. Company. Yeah. Oh, so, interesting. Yeah. Like a multifaceted thing, but still small business, mom and pop, local. We love, you know, to talk to all of our customers and um, a lot of them do come to TARDIS. And so it just evolved from there. And then I got involved in TARDIS. And that's a huge part of my job now. That's really exciting to like actually be able to work <laughs> in your fandom. That's so it awesome. <laughs> There's a lot of things where you're, there are moments where you're like, don't think about this too hard. Because yeah. if you thought about it too hard, <laughs> you would think, oh, this is not real. But it is. It's, it's like, great. Is this real life? Is this just right, fantasy? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it. So you also created your own clothing brand. Um, what inspired you to start designing? Like, how did that come about? Well, I've done graphic design for maybe about seven or eight years now. And I started doing, uh, actually, in my previous career, when you're a nonprofit, nobody, you don't, you can't go outside and hire a bunch of people because there's no money right? Mm -hmm. You have to have a budget and you stick to it. So I learned a lot about web design. As you do, though, like of our generation, a lot of people have learned how to design websites and, you know, do basic Photoshop skills because that was just something that was kind of up and coming when we were growing up on the internet, growing up with computers. Right. And so I taught myself a lot. I took classes and I started to get better at it. And then when I was, when I was in fourth grade, I used to say, I want to be a fashion designer because I've always loved art and drawing and making things. 
And um, I made stuff, cosplay things before I ever thought about designing, you know, a brand or clothing at all. And I just sat down one day and said, you know, I know how to do this now. Like when I got my job, um, you know, working for this company and understanding like distribution and production and things like that. And I thought to myself, you know, I can make this work. I can try it out and see what happens. So I just started trying it. Like I sat down one day and wanted to see if I could make what I was thinking about a reality. And it was not as polished as it is now, but it was something. And, you know, as they say, if you do it a lot, you will get better. Right. So Practice makes perfect. <laughs> exactly. And that was really it. And I have a wonderful partner. My husband is a really supportive person. He's the other half of Logan Arch. So he does a lot of the communicating, a lot of the finding um the producers for our product and he you know encourages me a lot so he was like hey if you can make it and do it i'll help you make it a reality you are living the fangirl dream that's amazing and to have <laughs> a partner trying. that you can like <laughs> you know like that's amazing because yeah. i'm sure well, that he- there's days where you know you both you know are picking each other up and everything and to have somebody by your side like that's so awesome how exciting yeah no he- he is a wonderful guy, and he's also a big nerd himself. He does a lot of side projects as well as I do, um, like we're discussing. And, um, yeah, he's quite accomplished in his own right. So I think it works when you have, like, that sort of dynamic when the other person understands you're making, creating, and how much that means to you. Right. That's so mm-hmm. excellent. So then you also cosplay. Um, you know, you're a cosplayer and obviously a convention enthusiast. Mm-hmm. What is it that attracts you to cosplaying conventions? I think, well, let me answer the cosplay part of that first. I think cosplay, I think back to when I was, the first time I ever cosplayed wasn't even Doctor Who. It was like when I was much younger. And I think that expression of how much you like a fandom so much so that you want to look into the character or the show or the movie, etc., that you want to make the cosplay in the detail and the creativity that goes into it is what attracts me to cosplay because any skill level of person can do cosplay. Like as much as people want to, you know, sometimes be nitpicky about cosplay. I'm very thankful that none of my friends who cosplay are, um, they are very open and they, they have all sorts of skill levels with that, but it's, it's, um, it's an open field. You can try it and see what happens and figure out what works for you and what doesn't, anyone can. Anyone can do this. So um, I think that's what originally attracted me to cosplay. I used to want to cosplay like weird things like the Jessica Alba TV show Dark Angel. I think one year I wanted to be her character for Halloween. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> that's of kind course, of obscure in the TV right. community, but that's cool. I and, remember that show. Right. And back then, it was even like you can't convey that, you know, like you can't dress all in black and like a motorcycle jack and be like, yeah, I'm, you know, Max. I'm Jessica Alba. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's like, how does this? How do you make this work for you? And um, I mean, nowadays there are more platforms to do more obscure cosplays. Like, you know, Dragon Con is a good example for that. A lot of people do really interesting creative cosplays for that. Um, But then I guess that's that's a good segue to say why conventions attract me. I would say I love the friends that I have made and the people that I have met. Just going to conventions 
experiencing conventions with those people. Um, I was just talking about Dragon Con. I have like a core group of friends that we all, even though I work Dragon Con, like with Alien Entertainment, we all go get a, you know, a host hotel room every year. We're all cosplayers. We all stay. We all have a great time. And that's kind of like our together time because a lot of them don't live where I live. And we, you know, it's like a family reunion almost. So something like that is, I'm a very social person. I like the social nature of conventions. Which is probably why you're a good fit for social media and marketing and stuff. I think so. (laughs) I'm still learning, as you always are, though, with stuff like that. Oh, you always have to be. That's awesome. And Dragon Con is Mm -hmm. like a cosplay-based convention, right? Yes. It's very cosplay-heavy. Which is excellent. I've... I live through the hashtags from Dragon Con mm-hmm. and through like the tweets that come out of that con. And I'm like, oh, one yeah. day, one day I'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> I think you and I were messaging, like you had responded to a, like a message that I had, or um, one of my stories that I put up on Instagram. I was like, you have to come. It's beautiful. <laughs> I will, I'll be there one day, but it's so hard for me too, because like, mm-hmm. I like to hit like, I'll, you know, we've both been to like Gallifrey one mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And obviously like, for me, San Diego Comic-Con is a big con, you know, of and course. conventions are expensive. Like, I'm just like, I have to, I'm like, do it's either Comic-Con or Dragon Con. Like, I can't do both. Like, I have to make yeah. a decision. And I'm just like, oh, the struggle is real because I just want to go to everything. I don't blame you. It's hard. It, that would be hard to choose. Yeah. Yes. So um, your 13th Doctor cosplay, it's mm-hmm. really great. I've been a really big Thank fan you. of it ever since you, like, first like debuted it um how long did it take you to put together and what's the process like how did you like get it all because you did it pretty early on I tried so I guess I guess it's like how people I guess it's like an analysis of how you when you see someone's costume what attracts what do you notice first so that's kind of like what I've always based on, based like alts on. So back, I was going to make a joke back in the day, but this is only about like seven years ago. Um, DW Cosplay, the live journal was such a big part of me going into like early Doctor Who cosplay. And when you talk to a lot of people, at least on there, that was like my primary social. Um, right, because live journal was point. like the big thing then. Yeah, that was right before Tumblr happened. And then Tumblr, of course, great resource for cosplay. Now I've definitely, like, I'm definitely still in that, you know, um, community. But uh, people would talk about, you know, alts, alts for, like, especially Rose back then. Some Amy, but Rose alts were, you know, top, the top of everyone's list. And I would notice that people would gravitate towards certain details in a costume visually before they would realize other things so that's kind of how I decide what to do first in a costume before everything is screen accurate so I don't necessarily care about screen accuracy to some people that's like oh you know that's that's the end all yeah right and And it's fine if they're into that yeah but but it's not for everybody no and I feel like sometimes You'll spend a lot, like a lot of the people who bought those rose pieces in the early days. It's a, it was a lot of money. A lot of their stuff was very, and that's why the alts were such a hot topic. But, um, I made the shirt, like the first, 
I first did it at Chicago Tardis last year, which was which is in November. So I it was about ten months, I would say nine or ten months, start to finish to get the version that I have now, which I consider fairly accurate. Um, it's pretty accurate. The boots not a hundred percent, but that's I like the. It's close. They're close. Anyway. <laughs> um, I think it looks great. I think it looks you. fantastic. No. And that's my own nitpicky self stuff to myself. I would never, I don't think I would ever look at someone else's and even like notice or care about that. Um, so I made the shirt. I went online and I do, you know, a lot of one-off designs on things like that. And I, I think I went on Redbubble and people already had their own versions, but I was like, no, I want to make my own. Cause I feel like the stripes are brighter. And I noticed that the you know, she has like the muted stripe, but yeah. whenever people see my shirt in person now, which is like the Brandy Melville shirt, right? Like I went through a couple different versions before I got the short sleeve version because I uh, went on the site and one of my friends who's a Clara cosplayer, she actually was someone who told me, hey, you know, I got a resource. I think they told me it was Brandy Melville. I'm like, great, I'll go look. So I got And is that is that confirmed? Because I heard it was custom, but it's based it off custom. the brand. Yes. Okay. It is custom that I know about from what I know, yeah. It is custom and the closest thing is the Brandy Melville. Shirt. Got it. Yeah. For like cut and fit and everything. Now, and I'll I guess I'll I'll talk about alts after this. So I'll I'll shelve that for now. But now there's an alt and I can talk about that. Um but back then the the log sleeve one was online, so I bought that and then I ended up buying the short sleeve version. So I went through like different versions of it. And then the pants were actually the hardest part, which is I think some people are still stuck on the pants. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Asus, I got them from Asus. Um, I actually sent the actual description of it to someone, like what it was called, but I don't know if you can still get them. And they're, you know, the culottes type pants. So it was it was a lot of different back and forth and me deciding, you know, do I want to do this? Do I want to replace this piece? Yes, I do. So in the beginning, yeah, I had like, I don't want to say a subpar version for myself, I guess. So like it wasn't the best I could do. So I wanted to do better. Now Forever 21 has an alt of that Brandy yes. Muzzle shirt. So they, yeah. That's you, really I nice. You, can still get it, but. you know what I love about Doctor Who is that um, so much of their cosplay is like, it, their costumes mm-hmm. are based on modern fashions yes. so you can go out and get like things that look just like what the you know mm-hmm. what they're wearing in the stores and usually um you know the brands that you know doctor who has on their show um you know they'll end up being you'll find the knockoff ones like right around the same time that the show was airing oh, and yeah. it's really easy to find like you know doctor who I guess you can say, especially like, mm-hmm. you know, Clara stuff and because um, she's been really popular. Right. But um, yeah, it's really nice to have places like Forever 21 where you can go in and pick up like a $15 shirt and like, hey, right. I have my cosplay. I agree. That's and Forever 21 has actually been one of the best alt resources like for the last, I don't know, yep. like eight years or something. So yeah, absolutely. Most yeah. of my cosplay builds from mm-hmm. um, for Doctor Who have come out of Forever 21. Yeah, I was going to – I saw the skirt – no, the skirt that you had on in the the 12th sort of callback outfit that you were wearing the other day was from Target, not Forever 21. Never mind. 
Oh yeah, but it. still, but, like, but yeah, it's cute. I was like, I need Thank to go get you. that. I think <laughs> Target, man, it yeah, is the best. Target's also a place. It's not a yeah. bad place. And now her universe offers the 13th Doctor um, cosplay, which the pants are really super comfortable. I think they're a little pricey for, you know, they were like $49.50. Yeah, I think they were cheaper on at San Diego Comic-Con. Like, I don't remember paying $50 for a pair of pants, but I think they were a little pricey. But they're super comfortable, super adorable. They have a little embroidered TARDIS on it that I'm I've like in love it. with. The pockets are crazy deep. Like That's when I was good. at Comic-Con, I had like my phone, my badge, my like, I don't even know how many things I had in my pocket. The oh my screwdriver, God. it was perfect. Like it was really nice. Um, but the shirt that I noticed mm-hmm. on the um, on the Her Universe shirt, it's really mm-hmm. high in the neck where um the brandy melville and the forever 21 Mm -hmm. are not they look a little bit more like the screen accurate ones so even though it's a really good it's a nice shirt it's a nice fabric it's well made but it's a little higher in the collar than the one that you know the doctor actually wears yeah she's got like that really deep scoop neck sort of thing yeah yeah and it looks (laughs) like she has like an undershirt that she wears i guess we'll see yes i know what you're talking about and i haven't been able to really decide what that is yet but yes i'm interested to see it and i'm interested to get the maroon version because people are really hung up on that in a good way like i've seen people dying the white forever 21 version of that yes okay yeah that would be perfect that's perfect yeah i've seen two people dye it and i'm like waiting to see a couple more so i can figure out what color they're using and which one i want to go with because i do i do want to do the purple one but i kind of want other people to do the dirty work for me (laughs) right you're like i would like to know what you've got going on before i attempt this myself (laughs) yeah because we did that with the 12th doctor nate did it with the 12th Mm -hmm. doctor henley's where he was dying white henley's to match and we he went through like three or four different colors before he found the one he wanted and we were just burning through henley's i'm like are you serious is this what we're doing All in the name of cosplay. (laughs) Yeah, like, come on. This is some Henleys are just going to be sacrificed for this process. It's fine. (laughs) All in the love of the 12th Doctor, I guess. So speaking of loving the 12th Doctor and um, loving Doctor Who in general, uh, how long have you been a Doctor Who fan? I think you said seven years or something like that? Well, I actually have been a fan since the new series came out. Uh, It's funny because I recall uh, I am a lifelong sci-fi fan. I'm very extremely like i'm gonna say grossly nerdy but it's very uh accurate i love um 90 syndicated nerdy shows like i'm a really big fan of highlander the series and, like quantum leap and stuff like that no like this is I gonna love it spiders, like when jerry o'connell was like a hot young guy that kind of stuff and uh he's still cute but like he's Matt, still super really cute yeah. yeah um but my when I was young, my dad, my dad is the person in Marvel Comics was huge in our house, like X-Men, Marvel Comics, like actual comics. I used to read all my dad's comics and stuff. And um, he had some of the Doctor Who Target novels in his stuff, like all his comic collections, and all that stuff. And I remember taking out a book when I was very small. And this is probably in the mid 90s. So it wasn't on PBS anymore. And I took it out and was like what's this and he was like oh it's doctor who and he explained what it was to me and it was the one of the fourth doctor ones because i remember that and then 
never was able to find it again because it wasn't on TV. Then right. one day, my friend, I was a, se- a senior in high school, junior in high school, junior in high school. My friend, we're on a train from some class trip. He's describing to me Rose, like the, the episode. It's like, I just saw this show on Sci-Fi Channel. I think you would like it. And I was like, oh, what is, what is it about? Tells me the whole plot to the first episode. I'm like, I got to watch this, right? Then I go to it, go to sci-fi. This is when they were airing the first series of the new series. And um, I didn't realize sci-fi aired it. Yeah. Sci-fi channel aired the first season a year after it was on BBC one. Yeah. And they had, that was it. That's, I think that was the only time they did some stuff before BBC America got it. Cause back then BBC America was like in its extreme infancy. Like this is like, right. Yeah. So, yeah. So I feel like uh, Doctor Who launched BBC America. (laughs) It did. And when they bought it, I think they bought it from Sci Fi. I don't know. Like, don't quote me on that. But Sci Fi Channel had it long enough to start airing David Tennant. Wow. Interesting. Series two. Yeah. And then didn't. And then it was gone. But, like, I remember watching the Christmas episode, the first Christmas episode on it and everything like that. But, um, yeah, so I was introduced to it, like, when it started airing on Sci-Fi Channel, the new series, in 2006. So I've been a fan since then. Yeah. Very cool. And what is it about Doctor Who that you love so much? Oh, well, um, when I saw this question, I was like, oh. Uh, well, let, let me give the nice answer and then I'll give like a more, I guess, a more personal answer. So that I think that what attracts people to Doctor Who is the, you know, the, the heroic nature of the show because we all like our heroes. Um, to me, I really like it because the Doctor is a strangely strong and empathetic character. Like do there's a lot of duality in the Doctor and that's a fascinating subject when you're looking at like a hero because sometimes we want our heroes to be perfect but he is not yeah he's no superman right i don't know what 13 is like 100 percent yet but um they are not Uh, the doctor is not necessarily perfect but i think that's what makes him more relatable and when i was a teenager so i was about six 17 i was 17 when the show was put on side of a channel so um, I had a lot, there was a lot of stuff in my life and I was like, this is, you know, I really relate to this guy. And I also think he's like a great hero. I just really like him because it, you know, something about the doctor is very charismatic and attractive to people and they want to be in this world and they want to go on adventures with the doctor because it's a good thought, like it's a good dream for a lot of people. And I think that's, I think that is why people like Doctor Who. That's why I like it. And now I think I like it for completely different reasons. But that's, you know, you grow up. I I just turned 30. So that's like the span of time that I like the show. And to grow with that show and think about, you know, these, who the Doctor is and analyze the character. And, you know, all the Doctors are different as well. They have different motivations. So I think that the robust nature of the show is what I really like about it overall in his character and things like and that. 
I totally agree with that. Recently, I was on the Your Biggest Fangirl podcast as a guest. Oh, and my- they asked me, like, what it is that I like about it and stuff like that. And I said that one of the things that attracts me so much to Doctor Who is the fact that it moves with the times, you know? Yes. And it's a show that's been on for 50 years. And now we're finally seeing, like, this, like, female doctor. And I feel like it's, like... Like, it's us. It's us as a society, like, moving forward in the world and, you know, bringing in representation and bringing in all these things. And I love that my show comes with us, you know, that it's not stuck in this, like, one genre. It's this one thing, but that it keeps evolving and becoming something else. And it's very exciting for a TV show to be able to do that. It is. To have done it for so long, you know? Yeah, just it it really has kept its... I'm going to say reputation, but I don't know a better word for it. It's kept its, you know. Integrity, I, think it's, I guess. <laughs> it, that's good. Yes, integrity is a good word for it. It's kept its viewers on their toes. Nothing is ever stagnant. And I think that is, you're right. That is why people return to it over and over. And then do you have any favorite doctors or companions, villains? Like, do you have characters that just like stick out for you? Yes. So I love, well, I love a lot of the doctors. Let me tell you right now. I don't think there's anything about a doctor that I don't like. So I'll say that at first. But if I had to choose, I'd say eight. Um, Really? Interesting. Yes. Yes, um, I know he's a lot of love. Yeah. (laughs) There was like a, there weren't a lot of us. And then there was like a resurgence or some sort of like, uh, when he was on, um, Right before the 50th anniversary, when they yeah, the yeah, yeah, I swooned too. I was there oh, for yeah. it, <laughs> and I started to really f- favor him because, weirdly enough, very soon after I got into the show, I, I found Big Finish, um, the audio adventures. And in 2006, they released this. Now, Paul McGann was in them before, um, they did his own spinoff for his own series like now you know the eighth doctor has his own series but before that he was in the main range you know stories and blood of the dogs one and two that's a great just flooring set of audio adventures it also has Haley atwell in it which i think is funny because it's like one of the first things she ever did is like an actress which is funny. how uh, interesting right yeah and it's just emotional like if you want like a story that you're gonna have a lot of thoughts and feelings about and just sit there and like contemplate it that two-parter is amazing and so that's what really turned me on to eighth doctor and then i started going back to the earlier big finish and then following it and now it just his story his storyline in the audio adventures is so broad there's so much going on and there's so many things you could talk about with it it's just beyond you know I think what a lot of people realize. So I, I really like the eighth doctor because of that. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. And what about companions? Do you have any favorites? Oh my goodness. Um, I love Bill. I love Bill. I love Sarah Jane. Oh yeah. Um, I know. Um, and there's Donna, um, Ramana too. (laughs) She's wow. Old school companions. I love her so much. Um, she's like a companion I actually relate to because, I mean, you could probably figure it out by now. I like 
to talk and I like to be like very awake and you know on and she's like that and I remember watching like fourth doctor and you know really early on when I got into the show was like I really like this this one this one I know I understand her and like you know thinking about that and um Rose I mean I could like honestly I could find something about every companion at least from the new series that I do relate to well, and then that's I think that speaks volumes for the show of like yeah. what it's doing that people can relate to these characters and love these characters and that you can't even pick one because there's just so many great characters. Yes. Um, and we've been through so many doctors, 12 regenerations. I mean, mm-hmm. technically more than that if we want to get like really technical. But like, were there any regenerations that were harder on you than others? Well, the first one, I think everyone says the first. So technically that was Chris Eccleston to Tenet, so 9 to 10. And I remember watching this. My dad and I were watching it together because a lot of, like I said, my dad introduced me a lot of sci-fi. And so we would watch a lot of sci-fi together. And I remember we both loved the Ninth Doctor. We both loved Chris Eccleston. And then when he became David Tennant, I was like, I'm going to hate this guy so much. So much. (laughs) I hate him. And then, you know, he ends up being like one of my favorite one and yeah it would that was really uh it made me mad <laughs> I was like you can't do this and I understood it like I understood the process of it by then but I don't think people who are watching it on sci-fi realize that he was going to regenerate so soon yeah yeah, yeah. and so I no, remember I going that. on li- li- live journal and, and people being like what happened why did this happen because people were really into like the nine rows like 10 rows shippers yeah right right nine rows lots of shippers as well and i remember people being upset about that a lot right and i heard a lot of the martha um you know hating was big then like oh martha took over rose because they were so into rose with both the doctors you know what i mean and like i kind of had the same thing where like the first time i lost anybody on doctor who was the pawns I started with Matt Smith, and my first episode of Doctor Who was Mm -hmm. Matt Smith's first episode. Mm -hmm. And and so I went through that whole run, and when I lost the pawns, I was like, who could possibly replace them? Like, nobody can replace them. Clara, who the heck is – like, I was, like, Mm -hmm. so – just – I was, like, not prepared for it. And I think I took the losing the pawns harder than I did losing Matt Smith. So I mean, oh, that's but that's a bad one. You know what I mean? Right? Like, I can understand why you think that because the pawns are so integrated in his life at that. And point. not only that, but you lose them both at the same time and like in a tragic way. They didn't just like run off and have a happily ever after. Like, oh, you just like I mean, they did. But like the way you ripped them away from him, it was like. Yeah. <laughs> and then River's still here. We still have her. Or at least oh, the yay for River. I She's know. the best. Yeah, River is the cutest. I love her. <laughs> and so now we're finally at 13. And before we start discussing, um, you know, season 11 and our hopes and our predictions for it, I kind of want to talk a little bit about, like, you know, the reactions to Jody because it's been big in the fandom. Um, what were your initial reactions when you found out Jody was cast as the 13th Doctor? <laughs> so I won't swear, but I will... I will censor myself, but so I was actually, this is a very funny story. At least I think it is the day, you know, they hyped it up. They were like, we're going to do it at this time. So of course, because 
I do our social media. I'm like, okay, I got to set all the alerts and I got to make sure I'm making sure I can get to, you know, share this immediately and make sure I can get the word out immediately. But I was driving and we were going to some local, we were going to a local like little like nerdy event. It was like a little one day convention. I'm in the car with my husband and I get the alert, the tweet alert. I was at a stop sign on a side street. So I ended up pulling over and we're watching that little it's not teaser really reveal. Yeah. And the reveal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I had my own theories about who I thought it was going to be. And I didn't, I'm going to tell you 100%, I didn't think it was going to be a woman. I thought it was going to be, I think I there were a few actors. Like it wasn't, well, people brought up Patterson Joseph's name again and stuff like that, which he was like a rumored guy in the past. But I thought it would, you know, be something like this where, you know, he was con- somebody who was considered in the past. And when she took her ho- hood off, I just hit my husband in the chest, like just full on hit him and was like, it's an effing woman. Like so excited. Like I was just beyond excited. And I never, I'm like never that overt about anything. And so he's like laughing. I'm laughing. I'm flipping out inside, like in an amazing way. I think it was probably one of the best um, days I've, which sounds awful. Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) Pure joy. Like just couldn't think of anything else. I get to the event people are messaging me because they know I'm such an, yeah. Like, are you excited? Did you see, did you see? I I literally don't think I've ever had anybody contact me about one thing that much. The way they did. Yeah. Yeah, It was amazing. It was an amazing day. I, I can't. Yeah. There was nothing. Yeah. I had a different like reaction than I thought I would because there have been rumors that it might be a woman, you know, and I was on the side where I was a little bit skeptical because I had romanticized the doctor for so long. Like, you know, like I was like in love with the doctor, like, you know, like I just I I had just been so used to it. I didn't want my my show to change, you know, and I was skeptical and I was weary of change. But the rumors were out there and everything and you know, so we're watching it and I'm with my partner and we're like sitting there like watching it. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, she's walking and you kind of see like the, her hand mm-hmm. and he's like, it's a woman. That's a woman's hand. And I <laughs> like, and I had a similar reaction to you. I kind of like nudged him. I'm like, shut up. Like I, at that point I knew it was a woman too, because like I saw what he saw. And then yeah. when she took the hood off, I lost my mind. Like, and, like, we were both like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And I thought I was going to be, like, unhappy about it. Right. But I did yeah. not realize how much I needed that. Like, I was, like, the minute I saw her face, I was on board. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God. And, like, I had seen her in Broadchurch, but it didn't really immediately click that that was her. Right. You know what I mean? She looks different. She does she look looks different. Di- yeah. Yeah. And so it didn't click. Um, But I was like... I was like, oh, my God, it's a woman. And, like, all I had seen was her face. All I recognized for a second was just, like, it's a woman's face. Uh And I was so excited and so on board. And I had no idea that that would be my reaction. I just didn't think that it would be. That's so – I I like that, though. I was ready to be skeptical. I was ready to be, like, Mm -hmm. not happy with it. And I couldn't believe that I was like, oh, my God, I can be the doctor. Like, I'm the doctor. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. oh, my God. So, you know – when people kind of are like, oh, I'm worried about my show. Like, I get it. I get it, guys. Like, but like, let's just give her a chance. Um, 
and you know we've seen we've both seen like negative and positive mm-hmm. reactions to Jody being cast as 13 um what do you think about all the commotion being made about her casting I think it's I'm gonna say silly I will say silly because what you're saying is very valid like what you just said about the skeptical nature of it is very valid because I think it's an honest look at what the issues that people have are but a lot of people are not willing to be upfront about that about you know gender the things in our society that are built into gender roles misogyny stuff like that and you were talking about romanticizing the doctor so I have done that as well. I am bisexual. I will say that. And I do really think Jodi is very adorable and wonderful. So I'm, and I'm not, that's not a secret. I will, I talk about it all the time. I call her my space girlfriend on social media. (laughs) I love that. My space girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) I do because I'm like, yeah, it's fine. Um, But you know, I do respect that because I see where, like what you're saying, I do see where, but you're, I feel like there's, that's also very honest. Whereas a lot of people aren't willing to come to the table with their honest opinions and have a discussion. And so I think that's more of an issue than the opinion itself. I would love to hear someone's honest. Yeah. I love, I love a philosophical debate, right? My husband, he's, he has a degree in philosophy. So we always talk about stuff like this and we're both like, you know, academics and stuff like that. And um, I love a good philosophical earnest debate, you know, a good philosophical argument it's respectful and you can come to the table and talk about your opinions a lot of people either don't know how or aren't willing to do that and I think that's what I find an issue with when you're honest about it like I'm skeptical because I have issues with this and that I will respect that yeah um and it's it's a little disheartening to see the people I try really hard not to read the comments (laughs) yeah so um for me i like to be really positive like Mm -hmm. as often as i can you know we all have our bad days we all have our things you know and um you know yeah i was skeptical of jody or just not jody um i was skeptical of a female doctor you know um but obviously i jumped on board but i know not everybody can jump on board as quickly as like i did for example right right so Mm -hmm. maybe they need to see her in action maybe you know they just need to get a feel for the show and figure out oh hey my favorite show's not ruined or whatever you know right and um one of the things that um, I noticed in the comments, like you said, there's all these like um, uh, comment sections where people are just saying the nastiest things. And yeah. at San Diego Comic-Con, and I'm sorry for our um, listeners that are easily offended or don't like to hear talk like this, but I'm just going to be blunt about it. I was dressed sure. as 13th doctor at um, San Diego Comic-Con and this guy yelled across, hey, nice dildo while I was oh holding God. the sonic screwdriver in my hand and posing for a photo. And this is a guy who said it to me face to face. That's like, horrifying. No, just like, and I was like, I'm like, I can't imagine as a mother of two boys, no. you know, like I can't imagine my kid talking like that to a complete stranger. Like, how dare you? Like, I would be so disappointed in my son if he ever talked to somebody like that, you know? Yeah. And what I see, like, um, uh, BBC America reposted a photo of me in, like, all this, like, Jodie Whittaker gear that I had picked up. Oh, I up remember at that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> so, so when, cool. you know, I made the mistake of going through the comments. 
And oh, everything yeah. was like, dildo this, dildo that. And I was like, how do people just say these things? Like, with no regard. Like, I just, it just seems like such bad manners. Even if it is online, even if it is, like, semi-anonymous or, you right. know, you have this freedom. Like, it's still technically really bad manners to say things like that. Yes. And so what I have tried to do now on every single post that Jody is on is I try mm -hmm. to leave positive comments. That's and, nice. like, I don't respond to any of the, like, negative comments, but I try to make sure to leave a co positive comment so that maybe my, like, the positive will drown out the negative stuff. Yeah. And, like, because like I don't know how else to, like, combat that. I mean, I think that is all you really can do is, like, add your voice to this because it is an open forum, fortunately or unfortunately, however you want to see it in this case, which it could go both ways. Um but I think that is probably one of the only things you're empowered to do in this case. And I, and I really don't really want to get use. into it with them. Right. Like, I don't want to respond to them and be like, hey, this isn't nice. Like, I don't I don't need that drama in my life. I just want to put a little positive out there. Yeah. And I think it's great. Like, you're not going to change your mind if they want to say that, unfortunately. Right. They're super rude, gross people who just feel like they have the ability to do this and they feel entitled to spread that so doing yeah, whatever you I, can in your way is a good thing and so um you know talking about you know jody coming on board and everything we also have a full tardis team this time around what do you think about this new tardis team i love i love i love the representation i'm gonna say that right now uh the representation is so high it's great um we this definitely should be a thing that's going on in the first place. And then, of course, I do really love the old school Team Tardises. It's funny to me when I see people comment on, once again, there are times where I do read the comments, but I try not to. And they'll be like, well, why are there so many? This people are kind of silly. Uh, why are there, why are there so many people in the like with her this time what's that about that's gonna ruin it like have you ever seen the classic series like are you well serious? not even that but like matt smith was traveling right. with three companions he had yeah. river he had the yeah. uh the pond and he yeah. almost had rory's dad too like right, i mean rory's dad was in an episode so and then david Tennant was you know traveling with you know mickey and rose and jack Mama. and that one off adam dude i mean they've always yeah, had pretty adam, cool that guy. No, that you're, guy. you're right yeah that guy adam you know that guy he was there for like a hot minute that's it uh, that's yeah. a whole nother podcast episode let me yeah. tell you <laughs> um but yeah it's just it's can i don't know if these I feel like people just want to yell and that's what they're yelling about. I'm excited about it. I think it's going to bring a lot of depth and a lot of you know, um, facets to the show. And I'm excited to see that again because, yeah, like we we're talking about, there's been a lot of occurrences in the history of Doctor Who where that's been something. And the, those companions always have great, robust stories that they themselves live out. And their lives are very interesting to us and we relate to them. So the more they can do that in the show, great. Exactly. And yeah. so we've gotten a few teasers 
And we just got the new trailer a few days ago um, mm -hmm. for season 11. And there yeah. seems to be some talk about like the new showrunner, Chris Chibnall, and the direction because um, we have it even like the music is new. Everything is new. Mm -hmm. um, what have you thought about the new trailers? I thought they were great. Um, a lot of people were complaining about the pop music behind it. That's the biggest complaint I saw. And I was like, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Um, you know, what's funny it, is that it, that sold my son. Cause he was already oh, wow. like, he was already kind of like done with Dr. Who. Oh. He kind of was like kind of losing interest during the Clara storylines. Okay. And he, he did not want to watch season 10, oh, but the no. fact that there was like new companions and they were young and they look cool. He was like, all right, I'll give it like a try. But he said that the music, he was like, dude, this season's going to be awesome. Yeah. Like, and I that was based on the music. <laughs> That's so cute. That makes me so happy because I feel like that is probably what they were trying to do. And as much as people don't, it's, first of all, it's just a trailer, right? Right, they right. They used pop music in the show before. One of the most iconic, you know, uh, pop music usages was um, Rogue Traders when they used the Voodoo Child song with the master. And that was really cool. Uh, and and they was, even had, yeah. yeah. Sorry to me. No, it's okay. That was like during 10th Doctor. You know, we're talking about years ago now that that was. But they even was. had foxes perform <laughs> during like the Mummy on the Orient Express yeah. episode. And she's like a big pop star. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So it's not like it's that, you know, far off. <laughs> it's not. It's not new. And I think there's a lot. I think sometimes too. And I'll say this. I think in fairness it's very easy for people to have such a microscope on Doctor Who because it's been so long since we got anything new. So anything new, it's like breadcrumbs yes. to people, right? They they eat it up so fast and they want, they're want they so quick to have an opinion on it. And that's fine. But it's Because that's the only thing we have to have an opinion on. Right. You're absolutely yeah. right. Oh, you make so much sense. Yeah, I it's it's not like, you know, there's a lot of British and American television shows that are very popular that have more um content and more attention on them all year where people talk about them and you know you you know constantly consume what they have to give and then you know it kind of peters out interest for people because the frequency of it but because doctor who isn't yeah because doctor who hasn't it's so different in that way exactly yeah, yeah. at least that's such a good point and not only that like um i don't know how most people got introduced to like modern doctor who but in my situation like i had no context for doctor who whatsoever before right. seeing the first episode i was thinking like what is this weird show that everybody keeps watching it looks so <laughs> dorky right and the special effects were terrible back like in you know tenet and you know matt smith's era and i was yeah. like what is this madness this is terrible um and then i just sat down and watched one episode and i was hooked but um i had no context and i binged 11's era Oh, wow. And so I didn't have that, um, like, I didn't have to wait for another episode to air. Like, it was happening for me back to back. I didn't sit around and speculate, who's River Song? Who's River Song? Right. <laughs> I didn't get that whole shock reveal, like, waiting months and months, you know, to find out that, you know, you know, Melody Pond and River Song were the same yeah. person. You know what oh I mean? So yeah. I just was watching it and just loving it as it was coming. And then I went back and I binged nine through 10 while I was waiting for Capaldi. 
Oh, and, okay. And so yeah. I had no context. And like, same thing, like when Donna came on, like Donna's, Donna's run was my favorite, all time favorite run. Like, I think yeah. she got the best storylines. I just loved she Donna's did. run. But there was no mystery for me. There was, I, there was not any speculation. I didn't sit there wondering or, you know, I was just right. it, like, you know, binging and binging and enjoying every second of it. And I didn't have to wait. And so like with Clara and Peter, that was the first time I, well, when Clara was introduced, that was the first time that I actually had to wait for seasons. Oh, wow. And I was already ready to hate her because I had just lost the pawns (laughs) and I was like, nope. I just like, you know, and obviously I changed my tune eventually, but I don't even know, like, So I get that. And you're so right. Is that like, you know, we only have these little things and the gaps in between Doctor Who have been so big that you're just like, come on, hurry up. When's the next season? Another year we have to wait. So you're absolutely right. And I'm really glad that you brought that up. Okay. So I have the synopsis for the first two episodes of Doctor Who. And I'm going to read them off. And okay. from there, um, we can talk about like hopes and predictions for the new season. Okay. So um, for the first episode one, The Woman Who Fell to Earth, that one's going to um, debut on Sunday, October the 7th. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, we don't get aliens in Sheffield. In a South Yorkshire city, Ryan Sinclair, Yasmin Khan, and Graham O'Brien are about to have their lives change forever as a mysterious woman, unable to remember her own name, falls from the night sky. Can they believe a word she says? And can she help solve the strange events taking place across the city? Guest starring Sharon D. Clark, Johnny Dixon, and Samuel Oatley, written by Chris Chibnall and directed by Jamie Childs. Also, episode two, The Ghost Monument. And that one will debut Sunday, October the 14th. Still reeling from their first encounter, can the doctor and her new friends stay alive long enough in a hostile alien environment to solve the mystery of desolation? And who are the Angstrom and the Epso? And this one is guest starring Sean Dooley, Susan Lynch, and Art Malik, written by Chris Chibnall and directed by Mark Tonderia. Yeah. So what do you think? So I'm, I've actually gone to this season. I was, I think we were talking a little bit about this before we started recording, but I really, I, I'm not a, sh- I don't shy away from spoilers. So I'm, I really do like reading people's speculation um, about what's going on. And I think sometimes they're good about it. Like people are very accurate about what they have to say. And sometimes it's like, oh no, that didn't turn out to be the truth. Uh, but it's fun. It's fun to read that. I actually, I have not read, I'm kind of going into this mostly not spoiled in any way. Like I haven't read anybody's speculation, but there is a little bit of speculation about, you know, Chris Chibnall's statements about we're not going to use any past monsters and things like that. I think that's pretty cool. Actually, I want to see them carve out something unique. Um, So I would love to see uh, that. I think I just want to, I just want to see Jody be I don't crazy like in a great way like eccentric and wonderful and effervescent because I know she can do that and I want to see Chris Chibnall's style come out because we we're talking about Broadchurch he has such a distinct style and I think it really does lend itself to Doctor Who there are some people out there that keep bringing up 
like bullet points of his style that they'll notice in the trailer. So they'll notice in some of these, you know, uh, inf- little information dumps that they've been making. And when they do that, it's funny because people will come back and respond to these people. Well, you know, that's Chris Chibnall's style, right? And I think that's really great because when the Capaldi era was going on, it was a little darker. It had a lot of contemplation. There was a lot of heavy thoughts. I would like to see that combined with like the kind of brightness and kind of fun nature of Tenant. And I think we will get that. I would love that. And I'm actually a little worried in how emotional it might be because, oh. um, you know, it, if you're if you saw Broadchurch, for me as a mother, it was like devastating. Yes. And I and I was so emotionally like ripped apart by um, Broadchurch. And so I'm a little worried that like this season will rip me emotionally oh, yeah. <laughs> um, because Doctor Who already like, you know, has just that like way of like, you know, ripping you yeah. up. And I just think he's very talented at pulling at your heartstrings. Yes. And so I'm worried about how much crying I'll be doing uh, <laughs> during during this season of Doctor Who. And also, like, I don't know if you're familiar, but he did that episode, the the little short, the PS for the yes. pawns, mm-hmm. where, yep. you know, they write that letter to Brian's dad after yeah. they're, like, stuck in New York City. Uh-huh. And I'm still not over that. Like, I am still so um, emotional about that little piece. And it wasn't even, like, an actual episode. It's just this little thing that he wrote. And it was beautiful and tragic and heartbreaking. I'm like, is this what I'm going to expect all season? Because right. I don't know if I'm emotionally ready to be compromised sure this way. I can do this. You know, I absolutely – that's true. Because I think Doctor Who is probably one of the only pieces of media I cry at. I don't cry easily, but Doctor Who is definitely something that makes me cry. Yes. Um, is do you have any hopes in particular for anything um, that you definitely want to see in this season? Honestly, I would love to see River Song if I had to pick one thing because uh, and I'm gonna get a little I'm gonna get a little specific at this point. There's a lot of interpretation um, with the Doctor being I'm not gonna assign queer as a label, but the Doctor being a person who doesn't really. Like, the gender of the Doctor does not matter, which in Time Lords, it's from the classic series to now, it does not. We have lots of bits and pieces to suggest that it doesn't. Um, you know, even in the new series where Matt Smith says the Corsair was a woman at some point, And then you can go all the way back to the classic series when Ramon is regenerating, stuff like that. But I would love to see, you know, we have Bill. She is um, a queer person of color. That was amazing to see on screen, uh, in Do- especially in Doctor Who, which is such a far-reaching piece of media. And I would love to see them talk about, you know, the Doctor who is now played by a woman having a wife. Like, I would like to see that on screen just for people to see. Yeah, like how would it, you know, play out? And even like, you know, does the doctor have any husbands? Because we talk about like the doctor's wives. We talk about like, you know, that aspect of it. We know about River Song. We know about the past queens and, you know, Marilyn Monroe and all this kind of stuff. (laughs) But like, you know, I... Are there husbands? Like, is that a thing? Like, you know, like, you know, which doctors? Because I would like to think that, um, 
you know, time lords are like so advanced that gender doesn't matter and that it could be like husbands and wives. And it's more about like what makes up a person than than what the person is, you know, on the outside or whatever, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think I would like to see that too, at least, you know. So are there any husbands? Are there any other wives that we don't know about? Because I think those are funny little throwaway like lines, like, you know, like Matt Smith being married to Marilyn Monroe. It's funny. It's just a little throwaway line, you know? (laughs) Like, I, I like guess- it. Like, it's okay. You know, like, I'm all right with that. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I generally enjoy those things. And you're like, wait a second. Wait, what did you say? And then you're yeah. like, oh, okay. We're going on to something else now. Okay. Yeah. Like, it was just like, whatever. It was just a yeah. thing. Yeah. It and happens. maybe somebody will mention it in another episode or something. Like, what I really liked about, um, uh, well, when I, you know, when they're arguing the doctor and River. And, uh-huh. you know, about, you know, her being married again right. in the Husbands of River Song. Song right. And he was and she's like, Marilyn Monroe. And she's like yelling and throwing out all the people that he'd been like married to. Like, hey, I'm allowed to go out and like marry other people, too, or like have my own life, too, you know. And and I really <laughs> love that, like 12 and River interaction when when, you know, they're just kind of throwing it at each other. And I'm like, so when are we going to get like a husband thrown in there? Right. You're like, come on. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Yeah. And and I don't want it to be like a big thing. I just want little funny throwaway lines because that's that's Doctor Who and that's, that's fun. That's what it is. Yeah. Oh, I agree with you. That would be awesome. Okay, cool. So then before um we so this is kind of like a fun thing. Like um mm-hmm. if you could say anything right now to the new TARDIS team, what would it be? Oh my. Um probably something ridiculously generic like I believe in you. Um no, I would probably say like I really do appreciate, I guess, what they're doing for our fandom as much as there is negativity. There are so many of us from different places that this means a lot to. Like the representation across the board, like I was saying, Jody stepping into this role that's traditionally a man's, now being a woman's, her character, you know, the, the Time Lords, the Doctor being a person that really does not have an assigned gender as in their you know species essentially um you know the team TARDIS casting is very representative of a lot of things yeah I think you know there is such an appreciation there are so many of us that see them and we recognize what that means and it means a lot to us and we're here and we're ready to support them and we love them that would that would be what I would say that's really awesome. That's a, I would want to hear that if I was like part of the TARDIS team, which one day in my wildest dreams, maybe I right. will be. <laughs> okay. So before we sign off, can you please let our listeners know where they can find you, um, your websites or where they can follow you on social media? So if you would like to follow me, I am very active on Instagram and you can find me at they seek her there, all one word. Um, and at they seek her there on Instagram. And if you want to follow Logan Arch, we are a very, I think you guys would like our stuff. We have a lot of nail pins, shirts, um, other awesome nerdy accessories, very affordable. We are at Logan Arch Chicago because we're based in Chicago or LoganArchChicago.com. And if you'd like to follow Chicago TARDIS, our convention, which is great because we have Pearl Mackey there this year. We're not done with our guest list either, but Pearl Mackey will be at our convention this year. I'm very excited. I'm so excited. Um, It's ChicagoTARDIS.com. 
and you can kind of check out everything we have going there. We are very, we love cosplay and we have a lot of cosplay programming there too. So if you like cosplay, like I was just talking about earlier in the episode, you guys would like it. And if you want to come to our store, if you're in Chicago, it's called Alien Entertainment. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you so much, Taylor, for being on this episode with me. I had a really good time talking to you about Doctor Who. Um, That's going to wrap up this episode of the Temple of Geek podcast. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to hit us up on Facebook or Twitter using the handle Temple of Geek. If you want to check out some other other episodes or shows that we do, why don't you head over to templeofgeek.com. There you'll find all sorts of content that pertains to the world of geek. Thank you again, Taylor, for joining us and for all of our listeners. My name is Monica, and we'll see you next time. Thank you guys so much. It was awesome to talk. Please follow us on Twitter at Temple of Geek. Follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Temple of Geek. And remember to visit TempleofGeek.com, your one stop for all things geek. Goodbye. This will conclude our transmission.